Hello and you're very welcome to this week's Talk A Good Game. I'm Fergal Inch and I'm joined in studio this week by the inimitable Mr. Jimmy Gagan. Jimmy, you're very, very welcome. Fergal, how are you? You're not uh, opening it this week with, uh, you know, that great Liverpool anthem. Why is that, Fergal? You'll never walk alone, Jimmy. Well, we're going to save it for Champions League final week. We'll uh, save it for that. Unfortunately, the Premier League title... Uh, proves elusive yet again for the 29th year but it was a hell of a title race Jimmy and probably not something that the listeners are expecting us to kick off the show with today after a Leinster Senior Football no, uh, no, Championship opener on the weekend but, but it, it showed sports like up and down one, one week you know you're high up there the next couple of days later uh, Liverpool were it, it was a shorter time span I think for Mead though in, in, uh, against Offaly in Park Totten there on Sunday one the, week you're <laughs> drinking the wine and the next week you're picking the grapes well, that's what my father does say yeah, yeah but, it's, uh, it's a good scene ah look it was it wasn't uh, unexpected and I don't think anybody for one minute thought really that Man City were going to drop points against Brighton so you know I suppose for 21 beautiful minutes there while uh, Mead were were ploughing or or slowly trudging their way through uh, the awfully challenging part and it looked for 21 minutes that Liverpool might be winning the Premier League and my perfect Sunday would have been complete but uh, unfortunately it didn't happen it must have been agony for you Fergal because um, uh, it must have been agony as well watching the the Mead player you know especially his spells there during that game yeah well as we all know at this stage Mead are true to the Leinster Senior Football Championship quarterfinals where they'll play play Carlo in Port Leash on Saturday week Saturday the 25th of May at 5 o'clock the first game of the double header uh, the second game been allowed against Dublin but we're probably fortunate enough to be there Jimmy really like let's not uh, uh, butter it any other way we were very lucky uh, the most fortunate goal and even Andy McEntee admitted afterwards in the interview that in his three years in charge it's probably the first time that one of his side have had a huge slice of luck and awfully, and John Mohan must have came away from Partholch and wondering how they, came, how they didn't come away with anything, even a draw from that well, game. Well, I think the reason, uh, as I could see it, Fergal, they, they didn't uh, carve out a victory there. What a shock that would have been. Uh, but <laughs> the reason was, bec- the main reason, as far as I could see, they just couldn't take their chances. If they were a bit more clinical. Uh, what was the wides count? I think they had 14 wides. 14 wides. Mead had, what, 10 or something like that? No, or, not even 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 9 or 10. So, and... Uh, you know, if, if Offaly were a bit more clinical, they created the chances. And I think that must have been one of the most worrying aspects of that game from for McEntee and his management team. Uh, the way they ran through the middle of the, the defence, the way they opened up the mid defence to create those chances. They just need a bit more composure. Uh, and I suppose that comes from playing at a higher level. You know, that uh, Offaly playing in, in Division 3 this year, uh, you know... They probably had a bit more time than they got on 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 Sunday, but well, uh, I think Offaly's focus has always been this game in Partholchen last sun, last Sunday. Yeah, I think that has always been their focus since John Mohan came in. He has a stated goal of playing three championship games this year. I don't think they put too much weight into the league, and that was quite obvious when they see how they just barely managed to stay in Division Three. But they had some very good games in Division Three. You know, they ran teams like Leash and Westmead close in Division 3. So there were no mugs coming there. And I know last week I was saying that it should have been a comfortable victory and we were expecting a comfortable victory. But and uh, to roll out the old cliches, championship is championship and league is league. And, you know, that proved on Sunday that if you're not on your game, and Andy again referred to it, and we'll, we'll hear Andy's interview, post-match interview, 
we'll hear it shortly. He referred to it that if you're not on your game in championship football, you will be caught out. And Mead are the type of team that cannot afford to be at anything less than 100% in every single game. And if they are less, then they're open to be caught out, even by teams from Division 3 and Division yeah, 4. Yes, I thought that was interesting, all right, because I, I sat in for that interview myself. Uh, but um, I think even more revealing afterwards was the uh, Mickey Newman was talking as well. He was talking about, uh, I asked him about the, the weight of expectation because of the promotion to Division 1. Now, Meath have moved up to another level. They, ra- they went into this game as red-hot favourites. You know, and the weight of expectation was on them to perform. It was, they were on a, a no-gain Bonus, shall we say? No win. They're in a no-win situation, no, really. No, gain, no win situation, and um, uh, to, he admitted, he admitted uh, that yeah, the, the expectations was something that that, that weighed on the team. Uh, they were expected to win by a, a cricket score, according to some well, six, observers. Seven observer, points, yeah, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, that always places a huge expectation on the t- on a, a heavy weight on the players. The mentality and so on is very difficult. So that's the new challenge facing this me team. Can they step up? Can they step up to the expectations? Can they meet those expectations? First of all, can they deal with them mentally before big games? Unfortunately, they didn't show like they were able to go to do. They were able to do that on Sunday. It's, it seems to me, and I know Meat haven't had really any success against we'll call them top six or top eight sides in the country. But it seems to me that Mead always seem to raise their game and perform better when they're playing the better teams. When you look at Tyrone last year in the qualifiers, you look at the two games against Donegal in the league this year, you look at the game against Donegal two years ago in Park Tolchin in the qualifiers. Mead tend to raise the games. It's when they go in with that favourites tag around their neck that they tend to struggle. And... That weight of expectation that Mickey Newman spoke about the other day, it is a psychological problem and it is there. And, and maybe it's, I don't know, it's not a cockiness. It's not a, an, at, an attitude problem, I don't think, anyway. But I think it's just, you walk in just that 1% maybe thinking, you know, all we have to do is turn up here and that's, this might do us. And I think that has cut me out on occasions. Well, I think we saw this year in the league, with some of the performances against, especially against Kildare and against Armagh, that we have now been able to weather those type of storms and that we're able to say, well, when the going gets tough, that, you know, we have answers to the problems that are thrown at us. And that was the most pleasing aspect. That was the only pleasing aspect from Sunday's victory against Offaly. Yeah. Look, um, as I say, it's a new challenge facing this team. Um, I'm just wondering the the week before they played Kerry in a, in a in a challenge match and they and they got hockeyed in that. Well that, beaten, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well beaten. What was it? Well, I don't you know. know. We, we don't know, but for sure. But we know for certain that they were well beaten, and Mead had a strong team out. Mead went down to that um, pre-championship camp, we call it, and they had a week, couple of days down there in Cork. I think they were based down there, and you know, it it wasn't one of those. Um, uh, bonding uh, weekends, I believe it was about hard work, about and the the they took on Kerry, a strong me team, and they were hockeyed, and I just wondering how, what affected that. Was that such a good idea? Maybe in hindsight, was that such a good idea to play Kerry, you know, one of the, the best teams in Ireland, and then get hockey? Because surely it would undermine um, morale, well, I suppose, confidence. I suppose the fact that the the Cavan Challenge match uh, was postponed. 
Uh, it meant that they only had one other game since the league final, and that was against Roscommon, where they didn't get to play any of what would have been expected to be the starting 15 uh, in that draw match in Ardcat. Um, Mead needed a challenge, and if you're going to play a challenge, why not just see where you are? Pit yourself against the best and see where you are. Okay, like there's no point in me going down and I know Limerick upset the odds a bit against Tipperary at the weekend. But there's no point in going down to Munster and playing a Limerick or playing a Clare or playing a Tipperary who you've played before and you know that you're probably going to beat quite comfortably. You should be beaten quite comfortably yeah. at, at this stage of of your preparation. So, well, I, I would like Cor- seemingly Dublin went down last weekend and played Cork in a challenge match. You know, we all know how poor Cork were and Cork hammered Dublin. In the senior chance, yeah, so well, I wouldn't read too Dublin much. Sent down their, their B team, no, maybe, no, maybe their C team. no, no, no. They're pre- they're in preparation for a championship well, as well. They're not uh, going to send down uh, B teams or. I C mean, teams. should we be playing challenge matches at all? Because uh, uh, oh, absolutely. Kilkenny, Kilkenny, for example, they don't play challenge matches. Yeah, that's what they tell you, Jimmy. Tyro, well, they play they play in house. Oh, they tra- play tra- and, and and during those in house training sessions, uh, Brian Cody loses the whistle. If yeah. he gets that, he's the referee. And, and I he think lets, that's a he myth. Let, he lets them at it. I think that's a myth. Uh, I think that might have been the case when Kilkenny had 50 hurlers that were capable of putting, you know, you're capable of putting any of them out and they were going to win in All-Ireland. That's not the case with Kilkenny anymore. And they're playing challenge matches. Same with Mead. If Mead had or Dublin's wealth of resources, I'm sure their in-house challenge matches would be as tough as anything uh, that they would face on a championship Sunday. But they don't have that depth of talent or that wealth of talent so they need to be playing challenge matches yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty vision for fools isn't it really you know well I, I um, wonder what the value do of, of playing a team and getting hammered just be the week before the championship starts but that's, I'm sure I'm my, sure they didn't I'm sure they didn't think they were going to be getting hammered no no but, they did, but that's what happened I know it's what happened yeah. but sure you play a match and, and you see how it pans out they weren't expecting to get hammered I'm sure they were expecting a good test Let's face it, we're going to be playing Kerry in Division 1 of the league next year. Um, we're further on in our championship preparations than Kerry were, so I'm sure when they took the field in that game, the expectation was, OK, it'll be a tough, tight test. Let's see how it goes. Kerry obviously uh, gave them a bit of a, a bit of a trim, and I don't know if that had much of an effect mm. on Sunday's game, which we're, we're kind of getting away from Sunday's game, so I'm not too sure if it had much of an effect on that. Maybe morale was dipped a little bit, maybe the... The optimism and the feel-good factor coming out of the National League had dulled a little bit because of that uh, performance. But I doubt it. I just think it was that old uh, scenario of the favourites tag around Mead's neck and it kind of weighed them down a little well, that bit. that was definitely it, a big part of it, yeah. Like the, the, you know, it was a bizarre sort of an atmosphere. I know after the hurling, Mead had won so comfortably in the hurling against London. The atmosphere was was very laid back. It was very relaxed. And I thought that drifted into the senior football game as well, that there wasn't that intensity that you get on a championship Sunday. Like, we haven't had that many Leinster championship Sundays in Park Tolchin. I thought the atmosphere was very dead. I think there was an element of... Uh Oh my God! What's happening here? Yeah, uh, you know, uh, almost shock and awe because uh, uh, what Especially was uh, what in the was first un- half? What was unfolding before them was not, I think, what the spectators had expected. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, we look at how uh, Mead were were sort of defensively exposed so badly. Like that, I, it's it's a worrying aspect. Well, that was going in into the you know the next game. That was in the 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 opening, probably. 15 minutes of the second half when they were exposed badly the first half was was 
they just couldn't kick on. It was poor. And then the last couple of minutes towards half time, they kicked on and they got their few points that gave them the uh, the nine six uh, half time lead. I know um, Andy McEntee, and you'll hear it as I said in the interview later on, felt that you know they were probably fortunate enough they went from being six five down six minutes before half time before we we had points from I think it was Brian Menton, Thomas O'Reilly, Killian O'Sullivan, and the Mickey Newman free. That all of a sudden gave me the nine six lead at half time and it looked as if proper order had been restored and Mead were going to turn around the second half and kick on and win. But Offley came out with all guns blazing in the second half. What happened, Jimmy? What what happened you know, Offley got seven points in a row. What it's happened? Good. Yeah, well, I, I think that Mead struggling in midfield for a start. The struggles of the, the breaking ball. So was the loss of Shane McEntee to a calf injury at half-time, well, was no, that? No, because they were already struggling before that. You know, uh, so they, they went in a couple of points behind, three points behind at half-time. No, it, Mead were three points ahead at half-time. Yeah, three points ahead at half-time. And then, the, the, but before that, before that spell... They, you know, they were really struggling to win mid uh, any ball or a midfield breaking ball. There was about a twenty minute spell when they, they just seemed to lose. And again, we spoke about it last week, Fergo, where um, you know Mead they just tend to lapse out of games, they go out of games for spells, yeah. they disappear. And uh, but I think on Sunday it was the longest spell that they disappeared for. Like it really was. It was, what it was twentieth minute to. to the twentieth minute of the second half before they scored their first point of the second period. Yeah, and that's a long, long spell in Championship football without a score. And then you know they went in as say a half time. They were three points up, uh, but then they went. So there was a, a turn. They went four points down. Yeah. With fifteen minutes to go, so there was what a seven points turnaround there, in in, the, in that in that's what twenty minutes or so. Yeah. Well, they so went four points down within fourteen minutes of the restart. Yeah. Uh, and and it was another five or six minutes before Mead got um, got their first score the second half but I know I heard John Mohan saying afterwards that he could see the panic in the Mead players and he could see the panic on the sideline and that Mead emptied their bench uh, in an effort to get back into it now I think a couple of the substitutions were enforced ones with the injury to Shane McEntee and there was an injury to James McEntee as well um, but the substitutions that came in I think definitely again and not for the first time this year help steady Mead and get them back into the game the own Lynch coming in at centre back never put a foot wrong he's been superb every time he's been introduced it allowed Donald Keoghan push more out to the wing which allowed him gallop forward and become more of an influence on the ball in an attacking third of the field um, you also saw Graham Riley coming in okay Graham didn't uh, I know he had a couple of attempts at scores at that yeah, that didn't really fell short, yeah, that, yeah. that fell short. But he got on the ball mm. and he drove at the mm. offly defence, which made them think about what he was doing. Sean Tobin, I thought, came yeah. in and helped steady around midfield, won a couple of pick balls. Up, yeah. uh, so they started to pick up more breaking ball around yeah, midfield. I think, I think I think those three substitutions were key. I think, but what was um, uh, worrying too was the fact the way offly. Uh, slice through the middle of the Mead defence time and again, you know, with these surging runs, um, you know, and uh, the really the, the struggle to get the grips as well with players like Bernard Allen, you know, he, good young yeah, player. Niall McNamee was yeah. their star, Niall was McNamee, really was, player, and yeah. I know Conor McGill. I I rave about Conor McGill as a full back, and yeah, I, he's definitely the best full back. 
we've had since Kevin Riley. I know he was the immediate successor to Kevin Riley, so there has been no other fullbacks. And but he he you know we've been blessed with fullbacks, and Conor McGill is definitely up there in terms of standard with Kevin Riley, in my opinion. And I think he's an exceptional player. But Niall McNamee gave him his fill of it on Sunday. He so really, where, really did. Where, where do you think we really fell down then, Fargo? What was? Oh, I agree with you in terms of a. Uh, in terms of the uh, the midfield battle that we never got to grips with it really and we never dominated or controlled that area. I know Brian Menton work, worked his socks off and got into into decent space and kicked a couple of points but others around him weren't picking up breaking balls and Andy again alluded to the amount of turnover possession that we gave, kicking the ball away, hand passing it away, weak enough, weak enough in possession that you get dis, dispossessed too easily. That all smacks of a lackadaisical sort of an attitude or an approach to the game whereas where you think you know I can just sit back and I can express myself sometimes you have to dig deep and get dirty and that's what Mead had to do they had to dig in play some not dirty and physical I'm talking I'm talking about horrible looking football dirty win ugly win and ugly yeah yeah and I've mentioned that in my report that win and ugly is a good trait to have It's it's a nice ability to be able to do but against a division, a team that struggled in Division Three, and Mead are going to be playing Division One next year, you shouldn't be needing to win ugly against Offaly. Yeah, but that's what happened, and that's what they needed to do. Fergal, I, I know, I know, like we've been talking about uh, the negatives, they did win, and they did win, and, and I think you know we've often heard down the years to different sports applying to different sports. A sign of a good team is when they play poorly and still win. So I mean, there are little. We let's look at some. Sign of, the, of a good uh, team is win is playing well and winning well, easy. <laughs> yeah, but let's. I mean, that's let's. let's that's what I'd at, much prefer to see with positives as well. For, I mean, yeah. we we did win. We are in the next round. Uh, oh, there's we're plenty. Not in the, going into qualifiers, so that's you know. I think there are plenty of positives to take out of it. I think the room for improvement um, is definitely there, and that's something that you can go into the next week and a half worth of training, knowing that there's more in us here, lads. Let, let's let's work on this room to improvement and, and let's get up to a standard where we don't find ourselves in that position. There's also that that attitude and that, and that spirit is there, it's, which is great to see. Um, as a collective, it has been it had been missing for too many years. I know we had some superb individual warriors and battlers and fighters over the last few years. So I hate when when people refer back, oh, Mead had lost or Meadness and oh, Mead okay. didn't have this. You know, that's an insult to men that that like Kevin Riley that we've already mentioned to your Stephen Braze to your absolute iconic footballers that this county have had. I hate hearing that saying yeah. that Mead had lost or Mead. But as a collective, it was great to be able to see me battling and when the shit hit the fan that they had an answer but they were able to turn it around and say do you know what we're not going to buckle here we're not just going to lie down we're going to pick it up and we're going to drive again yeah well I, I, I spoke about um, talking to Mickey Newman afterwards and he, he was uh, referring to that as well he talked um, he was asked about whether you know would, would they have won this game say two or three years ago yeah and he said no I don't think we would have yeah, and so that was the positive part of of one of the great things of this of Sunday's performance was that they they did dig out yeah. themselves out of a deep hole. I and, think the know, mentality was just so he, fragile yeah. a few years ago. Well, yeah, but I, he well he referred to that. He said that that no, we, we knew we could do. So we knew if we stayed to the processes involved. Uh, but another couple, but belief. another couple of so performances, another couple of performances like Sundays, and all of a sudden that mentality will become fragile again. Well, like if they go out against Carlo 
And again, Mead are going to be red hot favourites to beat Carlo no, in I in Port Leash. They will be red. They will be red hot favourites. Tullamore, I think, isn't it? Uh, no, in Port so Leash. Leash yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Let's not confuse the issue. Not like some other people got very confused as to where the game will be. Game will be in Port Leash, Saturday, 25th of May, 5 o'clock, followed by Dublin and Loud at 7 o'clock. But uh, that was other people were getting confused in that as well. But in fairness, Leinster GA didn't help the situation with the initial fixture that they put out. But, um, you know, if you go into that Carlo game and, okay, you win again, and you win again, then um, you need, uh, without impressing, then you're going to come out of that game thinking, oh, that's two in a row now against, let's face it, opposition that we should be beaten if we are to have aspirations of getting to the Super 8s. Yeah, absolutely, you know, we, we should we should be... Uh uh, perform, but I think because of because we we were sort of um, uh, we've moved on now from from that game. We we I, th- I don't think they'll win us to Carlin match as red hot favourites in in this in just in the same way as they did against Awfully there on Sunday, uh, Fergal. I don't think you know there'll be um, there'll be well there probably will be an air caution expectation for a start on them. I think expectations will be the same, but there'll be a wa- uh, there'll now be an air caution around it and to say that look you saw how you performed against Offaly a repeat of that will not be good enough against Brendan Murphy and co for for Carlo and again Mead are going to have issues in midfield uh, because Brendan Murphy I know he's only playing with Carlo is one of the finest footballers in the country and if he's given latitude to express himself he'll punish there's no doubt he'll punish yeah but I think we, we uh, I would be much more optimistic going into the Carlo game because in, in a way, Mead will look now this week, um, they'll be looking at what went wrong, how can we improve. Uh, I, I, there was this hype, and, and again, Mickey Newman referred to it after, this hype, it was dis- difficult to get away, impossible to get away from. Yeah. Uh, you know, Division 1, this Division 1 team, taking on a Division 3 team, all that kind of stuff. And uh, that won't that'll be diminished now because you know I uh, so I'd be very optimistic going into the Carlo game. I think I think me me didn't perform, but they still won. So you know. Yeah. Well, we spoke about what what Mickey Newman and Andy McIntyre had to say after the game. So we will just have a, a listen to what Andy. I, I've I've cut up the interview that Andy did a little bit and and took. There was a lot of the quality in the background wasn't great, so you couldn't really hear the questions that were been asked, but. He was asked uh, a rundown on, on some of the topics that he covered in the in the chat that we had with him. He was asked about, you know, was the main emotion that he has is relief and that it, they were lucky to have a or flattering to have a three point lead at half time. And he was asked about the third quarter of the game where we've discussed about the seven points that Offaly scored in succession. Um, and then he was asked about the mistake that Offaly made and that Mead capitalised on that mistake and he re- referenced the first bit of luck that the team have had uh, in his tenure. Um, and he, he tried to explain what went wrong in that third corner or third quarter. He, he mentioned leadership on the team and who the leaders were. Um, he, he also suggested that you know a lot of the issues that they faced throughout the game were probably self-inflicted issues. Um, and that the game certainly didn't follow the pattern of play that he or the players had envisaged that it would. Um, and that there were spells in that second half when he thought, oh, Jesus, the the ghost of the game against Longford last year is going to come back to haunt him. But he also looks forward to uh, to the Carlow game and, and he believes that the players won't need to be, you know, picked up or, or have to 
any words of inspiration said to them that, that he knows that they'll have to improve. So we'll just have a listen to what Andy had to say in this little package of answers that he gave at the uh, post-match press conference last Sunday. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think everybody, uh, everybody in the crowd, and certainly the Mead contingent in the crowd, uh, everybody in the dressing room, you know, the players, the management, everybody is is relieved to get that uh, game out of the way with with uh, with an arrow victory. I think Offaly kicked a number of wides. I think in the first maybe 20 minutes of of, of the first half. Uh, I think any time we injected a bit of pace into the game, we seemed to get something out of it. But uh, to be three points up at half time was was. Maybe maybe a slightly better position than we deserved. Couldn't answer points. Yeah, yeah. From from three down to four up, uh, we made a lot of bad mistakes. We gave the ball away continuously, and uh, Offaly played a pretty patient game and got some pretty good quality scores. So uh, that's what happens in uh, you know at, at, at this level of football. If you don't if you don't execute the skills properly, you get punished, and uh, we were definitely getting punished there today. I mean, uh, as someone was said in there, maybe you know, we're three years in, walking with this group is probably the first slice of luck that we've got in, in, in that uh, in that time period. Uh, I I would never doubt the character of the lads. I mean, you know, for just for some reason, and I'm not, I can't really put my finger on it. I mean, uh, we didn't play with the usual quality that we've that we've shown throughout the league, and. Uh, I suppose it just goes to show you once once that performance level dips, you leave yourself very vulnerable. Well, I think the third quarter we got we got penalised more than the other quarter. But I mean, it wasn't just the third quarter. I mean, you know, as you say yourself, the first half wasn't wasn't what we would like uh, uh, to have uh, put on uh, for for our own supporters. We didn't we just didn't play with the we didn't play with the pace or the intensity that that we would like to have seen and. Uh, if we don't do that, well then we're leaving ourselves open. It was crying out for some leadership, but I mean, you know, it's all very fine to say we need some leadership here, but you know, it, it comes in different forms, uh, and ultimately, uh, ultimately, we got a couple of guys who stepped up in that last twenty minutes uh, of the game. Uh, I feel myself, Gavin McCoy was one of the guys who probably put his body on the line more more so than anybody else, and and won a couple of vital uh, balls and. You could feel the crowd getting behind him, and uh, you know we, you know, subs made a bit made an impact. Uh, but that's you know that's the nature of the game. It's it's all very fine to say you want leadership, but <laughs> uh, it it comes in different shapes and different forms. I think a certain amount of it was self-inflicted. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, we we gave away. I think we had the first two scoring chances of the second half. I think. Uh, first two attacks of the second half, we got nothing from them, and then they went on a run of, of, of getting scores. And, and during that run, we constantly gave the ball away, uh, and that was probably the biggest, uh, the biggest fault of the, of the game. Constantly gave the ball away, whether by foot or by hand. So we got to look at that and, and, and ask the question why. You know, as I say, the truth of the matter is the the uh, the pattern of the game wasn't wasn't the pattern that we set out. Uh, either as management or as players, so when it just it didn't happen the way would have, we would have liked to have happened. Uh, so uh, again, we have to sit down and, and ask ourselves why why that was. Was it execution? Do you think that was kind of 
there? I think a lot of it was execution. Uh, I think, you know, the amount of balls we've given, I haven't seen the stats yet, but the amount of ball that we've given away would, would suggest that execution was, was a lot of it. But uh, again, it just, you know, attitude as well. I mean, if you're, if you're slightly off, uh, I think you're going to get punished. And I'm not too sure we're good enough to be slightly off. We need to be, we need to be playing at, at, at the pitch of it uh, pretty much all the time. Deja vu all over again, yeah. Uh, yeah look at I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that thought crossed everybody's mind. I mean, it, it obviously crossed your mind. Uh, I'm sure it crossed the, the supporters' mind. And, and the players are, are human. They're going to say, here we go again. But I suppose that's, that's, where, that's where the credit is due. You know, you know, finding themselves four points down, playing into a bit of a breeze, all the momentum with, with uh, awfully, awfully playing well. Certainly well enough to get something out of the game, uh, and we turned it around. Perhaps with a stroke of luck, but I mean, you know, we, we turned it around, and that's that's the that's the real positive you can take from the game. When you say luck, you just mean specifically the goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked. I mean, it looked like I, I, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure James was was shooting for a point, uh, and uh, Bryony did exceptionally well to contest uh, with the keeper and, and react as quickly as he did. Uh, so, uh, it wasn't exactly a pre-planned move. The quick turnaround now, Andy, to the next round. Um, is it a case of having to lift the players after? What was a disappointing performance? But you get the result, or do they? Will they be well aware that there's more in them, and you learn more in defeat maybe than a, than in a comfortable victory? I know oh, it wasn't a defeat, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> I know what you mean. Uh, I think those players are, are smart enough and honest enough to realise. Uh, that's not their that's not their best performance, and uh, I don't think we'll have to lift them at all. Uh, I, I think I think uh, in the, some of the some of the, the competitors we have in that dressing room and some of the leaders we have in that dressing room, they'd like to play that game again. Yeah, uh, determined to push I, I, the runs. I would like to think so, and if, if that's not the case, I'd be disappointed. Any injury concerns? Uh, well, Shane, Shane uh, has, a, has a calf injury. Uh, uh, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't pick that up. Uh, James went over an ankle. Uh, I think, I think that's about, I think that's about the height of it. So there were a, a collection of Andy McEntee's views after the game on Sunday. So, look at, as you said earlier on, Jimmy, a win is a win. Let's be positive. We're in the next round. We're not having to look forward to first round of qualifiers like we've had like we had last year where and then of course unfortunate to draw Tyrone last year and you never know who you could get in the first round of qualifiers this year it could mm -hmm. have been tough and so we're although in saying that if Mead lose to Carlo they're still in the first round of qualifiers but at least we're looking forward to a second game in Leinster uh, yeah, next, this year let's be, uh, let's be positive I know that there's a lot to be work on a lot to do to improve matters but uh, uh, you know, if, I think if they can get, win a bit, you know, sort out the midfield issues that have to be looked at, uh, the the middle of the defence, the the stop the traffic going through there. You know, which is amazing when we talk about the traffic that runs through the middle, runs through the middle of defence. We've got one of the best defenders in the country playing centre back, yeah. Donald Kyogen. Sure. Uh, James McEntee is widely regarded as one of the finest young footballers in the country. Gavin McCoy, the other wing back. 
was probably maybe just after Brian McMahon, Mead's best stroke, most influential player on Sunday. Uh, we've already mentioned Conor McGill is, in my opinion, is one of the top full backs. Um, and, and in the corner, Seamus Lavin and Shane Gallagher have been flawless all year. I, I don't understand how it happens that we do get cut through the middle at times well, so it, easily. Um, yeah, I, I think an issue would be maybe the, the, the fact the way the defence is drawn out you know, out and pulled around, and you know, Mon is a very clever tactician. He's a very clever manager. He's been this was, you know, he's been managing in the four provinces now, and uh, so is Andy McEntee and uh, and Jerry Cooney and Finn O'Murta yeah, yeah, and, and Donald yeah, Curtis. Like yeah, but uh, you know, it, it seemed to Colum Nally. Maybe there's some issue with in terms of um, one defender supporting another. Uh, defending and uh, you know, but it's certainly an issue, uh, something they'll be looking at. And I think Andy referred to that, didn't he? In yeah. Well, look, at, uh, there's plenty to work on, and I think that's the if you're going into the next two weeks off, you know, off a, a twenty point win over Offaly, and everybody's bound around and thinking everything is rosy in the garden, and Mead are going to march on to a Leinster final comfortably, and by Jays are going to put it up to the Dubs. That's certainly not the case now. They'll be bunkered down in Dungani for the next 10 days at this stage and uh, heads will be down and they'll be working hard to uh, right the perceived wrongs from last Sunday and, and hopefully get a positive result against Carlo. Would you put out the same team, Fergal? There's certainly a case for a number of changes. Um, I don't know, do you punish people for, what was this, really 19 minutes of really in ineffective football rather than poor football ineffective in that we didn't get a score you know the first two chances to score after the second half as Andy mentioned in the interview there um, there probably would be one or two changes I'm not going to suggest who should come in or out um, I was surprised to see Ronan Ryan not not start after what a very impressive um, yeah, yeah. very impressive league campaign and then he didn't even get a run uh, maybe he's carrying a bit of a knock. Maybe something happened uh, during the Kerry game that just meant he wasn't 100% right. But Gavin McCoy came in and did very well from. I don't know whether Shane McEntee will be available in time. We, uh, he had a calf injury and was taken off at half time. So that could open the door for Adam Flanagan. Maybe Sean Tobin, I thought, did very well when he came in. I'd like to see Sean get a run at, at midfield. I think he's. Maybe start? He, yeah, I, I think he's creative. I think he's a ball of energy. Uh, okay, he mightn't have the defensive work and, and uh, the uh, willingness to get back so deep that you see Shane McEntee doing so well. But if Shane isn't 100% fit, I think Sean Tobin is a very definite option there. Um, it's hard to see. Maybe you know Barry Dardis might be disappointed with the level of performance not, not getting on the score sheet on Sunday. Uh, he's a superb ball winner, but he's very much in the same mould as Mickey Newman. Um, so Maybe not those two uh, it's, together. it's hard to see how the two fit in together, unless you're going to play the two close to goals, which Meat didn't do on Sunday. Brought Mickey Newman um, when Barry was on the field. They brought Mickey Newman further out and left Barry inside. I think the two of them could have fed off each other a little bit better. So maybe James Conlon might be a perfect foil to a Mickey Newman, a big man centre or a big man full forward and a little man corner forward. It kind of worked well in the past and uh, it might be an option again, but 
can't see there have been too many changes. As I said, Owen Lynch might be another option to come in. He hasn't put a foot wrong. But a lot of our best options are probably in defence. Porrick Harnan is, is an option off the bench. You have Owen Lynch, you have Ronan Ryan, who we spoke about. Sean Curran. Derek Campion had a had an excellent league campaign as well. And he, yeah, didn't, see, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't see any minutes on Sunday either. Um, so maybe, you know, it's these type of lads now that we have to take a risk on. And can't see it have been too many changes for Carlo, but if it's another subpar performance, then Andy's going to have to look at these guys that, that served him well during the league and think, do you know what? I'm going to trust you again. Well, you mentioned that you went through those players uh, and I was thinking as you were saying it, uh, Fergal, it's a considerable, there's a fair bit of strength and depth in this mead panel now. And that's another uh, positive aspect we can look towards as we move forward well, that's to what uh, Port Leash, you know, mm. and um, uh, it's it's uh, it's certainly um, a positive thing, you know. He, he's you know, Derek Campion, he he had some great performances. Yeah, well, well, that's what I mean yeah. when when I said he just one of them you mentioned there. But when I said uh, that, you know, when awfully got those seven points in a row in the second half, the substitutions made a big difference in help settling Mead. So you do have that strength in your depth. There's nothing. Nothing better as a manager when things just aren't up to where you want them to be that you can look over your shoulder and you sure. can see six, seven, eight, nine, ten guys that you know well, you can rely on. Competitive atmosphere yeah. in the squad is, is essential yeah. as well. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, but uh, guys can't rest. We talk about resting on our laurels. Yeah, yeah. Maybe la- you mentioned that earlier on. Uh, but uh, Graham Riley as well. There, you know, he give so Graham Riley and James Conlon are. Superb attacking options to have there as well, as well as Dara Campion and Sean Tobin can fill that midfield uh, forward um, role as well. And Ethan Devine, of course, is out with it through concussion protocol. He had to miss the last day. So he'll be another option to come in. But it's a strong bench for Mead. Really is a strong bench. And that's something we haven't had in recent, you know, up to maybe last year, we haven't had that and say, when you look over the last 10 years or so but uh, yeah well you still though you look down through your list of nine or ten subs that would be on every game and you would always have picked out three or four players that were good players but again that coupled in with the um with when things weren't going well so when the 15 on the field weren't going well and the mead were losing games and struggling in division two as you said, you know, the competitive edge of training wouldn't have been there then. And you could you have trusted the guys to come in if the ha- if the camp if the mood in the camp is low, can you trust these guys to come in? But that is different now. So the yeah. the trust is very, very much there. But um look at as we said already, all roads lead to Port Leash Saturday the twenty fifth of May for a five o'clock throw in against Carlo. Before that Port Leash, here we come. Yeah, before that, uh Mead Hurlers have an opportunity to knock out the defending Christie Ring Cup champions when they play Kildare in Newbridge. Mead Hurlers got off to quite an impressive start on Sunday against London. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they got a very impressive start. I mean, London, look, they have their issues. I think we talked last week about New York and the problems they face in trying to get a team together in terms of travel involved and, uh, you know, getting the training sessions and games and so on. And, London have similar problems, and you never know from uh, year to year uh, what London how strong they're going to be. This year they're, they're clearly struggling, and they they were relegated from Division One. Division Two well, A. Sorry, Division Two A. They were relegated from Division Two A, and um, you know they they certainly struggled again. On now it didn't help that their hurling sticks was lost somewhere along the way, and uh, 
you know, they had to, to do their warm up by borrowing some uh, sticks from uh, the, the local contingent and all these things, you know, they don't help. They don't help in preparations, do they? You know. Yeah, well, uh, they need everything to be on point and everything yeah, to go their way. So when you arrive at a pitch to, to get prepared for the first round of the Christie Ring Cup, the last thing you need to be doing is looking around for a couple of hurley sticks to, yeah, to well, do your warm-up with. Well, I know myself that you know, I, I did play a little bit of hurling for... Yeah, so I heard, yeah, 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 yeah. One of the all-time greats. No, well, hardly that, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I know how you can get a hurler can build up an affinity with his hurling stick, you know. Yeah. So uh, he's he's used to it. That's what it, it, the weight and everything, you know. It, it just it, it does make a big difference. And um, well, Mead were well used to their sticks. Uh, on Sunday, you Jack Regan with twelve points, uh, Alan Douglas one one, James Kelly three. But the real revelation for me, Jimmy, I thought Eamon O'Donoghue was outstanding. Was yes. that his championship debut? Yes, I, I, I think it I was. Think so, uh, Fergal, yeah, and um, yeah, one I four mean, for Mayman. I thought he was brilliant at full forward. He was a real menace. His stick work was excellent. His ability to get the ball down and release it quickly. Just London had no answer to him at all. Yeah, and he's he's a great attitude. Uh, Nick uh, Fitzgerald picked him out afterwards as one of the players. Said he, you know, great attitude in training, great attitude in games, works hard, always looks to improve. And, uh, and he's only a young fella as well, well isn't well, he? He's yeah, only, he's a young fella, he's yeah, only nineteen, twenty. Yeah, uh, he'd be a bit older now, but around you know. But he's a young player, and uh, he uh, okay. His goal on on Sunday was gift wrapped. Yeah, know, it was an interception, and right right in front of the post. So you know, you, you could say oh, how could he miss that? But uh, he's he still had the ball the way he did. And but his, as you say, his overall performance was very good. But the you know Mead were the going to New Newbridge now next. Um, Saturday, Next Saturday, yeah. 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 So they'll be. I think they'll be very uh, confident of. Uh, Kildare were uh, shocked. That was a, a surprise result. Yeah. A surprise result for Kildare, who, as we said, were are the defended Christie Ring Cup champions. Were probably uh, a bit bowed by the fact that they didn't get to play. They're not playing in the Joe McDonough Cup, but they are where they are, and you would have expected them to be between Kildare, Mead, Derry, and Down for to be the main contenders for this Christie Ring Cup, but now Kildare are in danger of, of surrendering their title very early. Yes, uh, like uh, we were wondering if, um, you know, going into the match, would would, would um, Mead have been better off having a very tough game there last Sunday? But um, That's what we talked about with the footballers. Yeah, yeah. You know, playing, I mean, Kerry, playing Kerry in a challenge and as opposed to playing... Well, in, in, in terms of sharpness and so on, would it have been better to have a, have a tougher match? But what's how we don't know what's happening in Kildare, but I mean uh, that doesn't augur well for them, does it? You know, to to lose to Roscommon, but yeah. you know, and uh, Nick Fitzgerald was looking certainly with great optimism. But I think one one aspect of the me team was very impressive was their fitness and conditioning. They were, they looked superb, you know, in terms of their fitness. They were they were still going strong at the end, as as strong as as they, they were at the start. Yeah, they took uh, a bit of a lull in in midpoint through the game where you know the game was won the game was over after what yeah, was it 6-1 yeah. and then it was 1-6 to 2 or something it was, the game was well over and uh, so they could afford to ease off in the gas and then hit the accelerator again and ease off and hit the accelerator and they just punished London every every time they wanted to they took scores at the read so yeah. and uh, still missing a good few players and you think Sean Quigley is a long term absentee uh, James Toher was missing as well right. I, I believe he, he had a bit of a a groin injury as well coming into the game so 
missing one or two players that are still to come back. But it's great to see the captain Sean Garrity back and playing great. well. Yes, absolutely great to see Sean back. You know, you know, and uh, okay, Adam Gannon was was you know, and you have to be very great sympathy for Adam because you know he's had such injury, many injury problems, um, prolonged injury problems this this year. And this was his comeback. This was the big game. This Ke- was something that he, he came he, on. He'd yeah. have worked towards for months, really. And then he, he you know, he's he stretched off. Uh, yeah, he's not too bad. He, uh, I, I was talking to a couple of lads. He has a very bad dead leg, uh, a muscle issue up high on his leg. So it looks like he, it's going to take maybe three or four weeks to ease out. So, you know, he could be back for the latter stages of the Ring Cup. But there was a fear that he might have broken. Uh, a bone up high in his leg which would be a major 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 setback but I think he's got the all clear it is just a, a just a very bad dead leg I'm glad it wasn't me but uh, he, I seen Adam getting stretched out into the ambulance after the game and been brought off the hospital uh, with a, a bag of ice sitting on his leg and at that stage it certainly didn't look well but he um, got the all clear anyway with just a very bad dead leg and hopefully it'll be just three or four weeks so if Mead are to win the Christie Ring Cup, which they'd be expected to do, they'll need everybody. You'll need James Soher back. You'll need Adam Gannon back. you need Sean Garrity at full fitness. Um, you know, and you see lads like Keith Kogan, of course, and Derek Kelly. They give a really strong spine to the defensive unit there. Yeah, and James and, uh, Kelly with his distribution. James Kelly was outstanding, I thought. Yeah, he was yeah. excellent. Three points uh, as yeah. well. Yeah, not noted as a half-back, but uh, Nick Fitzgerald seems to have made him as a half-back. He's more regularly seen as a half-forward with Kiltail. But um, Gavin McGowan, we know his strengths as well. And as I said, Eamon O'Donoghue uh, was exceptional. Um, so, so it looks good for Mead. It was, it was as, as positive a Mead hurling performance uh, as we've seen since they last won the Christie Ring Cup. Sure, you'd have to pay a tribute as well to Jack Regan, 12 points. Yeah. Okay, seven yeah. frees, you know. So, but uh, he uh, certainly... Uh, he was a menace, yeah. He was, yeah. He, he really was. And, and, and how valuable is that, play, you know... A player like that who can well, who can score amount. can score from from you know almost anywhere really you yeah know, yeah within, Padre within Hanrahan reason. is the same type of player at club level Podge is a superb free yes, free taker is. as well and and he's well capable of getting his scores from anywhere as well that's Gavin McGowan Gavin McGowan for me I watched him and won the senior hurling championship games for Retote last year and some of the scores he just he scored were phenomenal just beggared belief and if you saw it been done. Uh, by TJ Reid or, or lads like that, you'd be gasping. So you would. He he's just a phenomenal. Has all the ability. Um. So me of uh, you know there, plenty of potential there. Need to get over Kildare on Saturday. That's the big one. Yes, and um, let's hope there's a the team is well supported down there because it's an, it's not a, a long journey, shall we say? Speaking uh, of well supported Mead teams, it was a dire crowd in Navan, I believe, last Wednesday. For the well, Leinster minor game, I would, I would game. guess no, it might be an expert. But I guess about four hundred, three to four hundred, something like that. Oh, I heard yeah. it was even half that. No, was it? Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I'm just it's just a guesstimate, you know. And yeah. I, I, from sitting in the press box is probably not the best place to, to judge it because you're behind the crowd there. But yeah. But um, I, I would talk between three and four hundred. I would have said something like that. Yeah. But yeah. look, I, I just said it to somebody before that game. Um, there was a time you you might expect uh, two thousand people for. Uh, and then some minor football championship. Yeah, again, yeah. You know. It was a nasty old night. It was a dirty night, and probably the scoreline reflected that. It was a very low-scoring game um, against Offaly, which Mead needed to win. Uh, they they did win, got over the line, 
Um, I think it was, what was uh, it, eight, eight points eight to five? Eight points to five, yes. Yeah, so a uh, dour game, Jimmy, yeah. Well, it. <laughs> I found it fascinating in one way, Fergal, in the sense that... Uh, <laughs> the headline says, Jimmy, it was a low-score bore. <laughs> yeah, well, it was... The, you know, it was it was a, in one sense, yeah, it was a bore in in the in the sense that a lot of the, the ball was passed around, the players kept passing around, and and you could hear the shouts from the the stand. Ah, oh, won't you kick it in, kick yeah, it in? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, the old chestnuts. Mead supporters just wanted the ball go into the forwards quickly. Um, th- th- that's the way a lot of them have been reared in football over the years. But Conor O'Donnell, who was making the point, what just kick it in so that what it can come the, straight back out to you. Yeah, because I mean, that awfully, was the way awfully, awfully had awfully set up. Set up. Uh, there a lot of players back, and that's they'd, they'd come to park the bus as we we refer to in the report, and then. Um, then hit him on the the rebound uh, on the break, and you know it nearly worked as Connor pointed out as well. So what's um, next for the Mead Minor footballers? Well, it's Wexford on on this Wednesday night in Park Talton. So tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night, yeah, yes, and um, if yeah. this goes out on Tuesday, which <laughs> hopefully it will. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, yeah. That's hopefully the, it will. Plan, uh, anyway, all plans. Yeah. That's waiting on Martin uh, to get us. Uh, uh, Thanks, Martin. Us, yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, so that's Wexford and let's hope there's. It's going to be a nice evening. So nice Mead, Mead be fancied to beat Wexford? I would think so. I would think so, yes. Uh, Wexford, you know... They were beaten by Dublin. I think it was 3-12 to 2-10. Yeah, and beaten by... Uh, beaten by Offaly in the yeah, first round as yeah, well, yeah. yeah so. So, so they're... Um, you know, but Mead still need to win. Yeah, but yeah. But I think, you know, you'd have to... Uh, you know, would suggest that Mead will win. Uh, I think they'll, they'll improve as well. Just like the seniors, you know, they'll, they'll get some of the cobbles out of the way. To sharpen up in, in various areas, like we're good in possessing the ball, but one thing about them, they, they ran into a lot of traffic, then they, they were turnovers, they suffered a lot of turnovers, uh, and that was the style of football pass the ball, keep the ball, but then inevitably, if you're, if you're trying to stitch together 10, 15 passes somewhere along the line, you know, you're, you're, you're likely to lose it every pass. Yeah, Apart from the GEA front, uh, it, it, it was pretty quiet weekend of sport. I just want to give a mention to, uh, I was lucky enough to be part of the organising committee for the Trim Darkness into Light walk on Saturday morning. Um, it's, a, it's a walk, but some people take off and run it as well, like to do. It's just a beautiful course, just over 5k. But the first man, the first runner home um, from the run was the former champion flat jockey Colin Keane who of course is a trim man uh, so Colin had ridden yeah. two winners in, in Cork on Friday night or Friday afternoon uh, would have got home from Cork late enough um, got a couple of hours kip in the bed arrived down to trim GA club took off was the first man back from the 5.25k I think it was pretty much over it was roughly that anyway first man back a superb run I don't know what time he did it in but he was first man back uh, went home got a bite to eat, I'm sure, as a jockey, it wouldn't have been a whole lot. And then headed off down to Nace and rode a hat-trick of winners in Nace. So yeah. he's a phenomenal young man and he really is a credit to, to his sport and the Keane family in Trim. He's a nice fella too and it was great uh, to see him out supporting the Darkness Into Light Walk yeah. along with almost 3,000 other people, a phenomenal event. And uh, I just wanted to give it a mention. Yeah, well, you were out organising that. Yeah, we're helping health, health so, yeah. We had a great, so, uh, great group of lads well, that helped us out without them. But involved. I know it's it's that's the sporting angle that I was putting in on the Darkness Into Light. So it was great to see Colin and well done to him. Five winners either side of his Darkness Into Light 5K. So he did really well there. Um, Jimmy, I think that pretty much rounds up our, our Talk A Good Game podcast this week. 
anything else you'd like to mention or, or bring up? No, I don't think so. Fair quiet, quiet weekend coming up again yeah. with the hurlers being the, the main focus of the attention next Saturday, I think. Yes, uh, in Newbridge. I do believe, actually, now that we mention it, that the Me Camogie team were out in Leinster Intermediate uh, action against Westmead. I think they were beaten. That's in trim, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but unfortunately, we, we, ugh, there's no communication, the lines of communication between the Camogie boards and the football boards aren't great at the minute. I know the ladies' football don't have a PRO in place at the minute, which is not ideal for a county that are on the cusp of winning all Ireland's and have just won, you know, a National League Division Three title. So they they need to improve their PR stakes there. Um, had a couple of great PROs in in Anne Dungan and Ashton Cleary before Anne as well. Anne has been there for years and has been superb. But uh, that 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 role is vacant in the ladies' football at the minute, and it needs to be filled because they're missing out on serious. Uh, PR opportunities and, and me Camogie being the same played Westmead in the first round of the championship last week and no communication with the local paper about it it needs to improve if these if these associations want more coverage for their sports and this 2020 campaign to increase ladies particip- participation in sport to increase coverage of ladies sport in papers it has to cut both ways so these associations need to book up their ideas if they want to get coverage in the local papers we're a two and a half man show in here we can't cover everything in the Mead Chronicle as well we know but we're here to offer a service for them to utilise and them to take advantage of so ladies in sport we're here to give as much publicity as we can and I think we have and we all know my stance on ladies sport ladies GEA I love the games I think they're brilliant I'm a manager at ladies GEA so we're here to offer those opportunities and facilitate sport, but they need to improve. A good PRO is worth his or her weight in gold. Oh, yes, absolutely. Uh, In terms of just uh, for club levels, you know, we've got a few in in me. Oh, some brilliant ones, yeah. Brilliant ones that are so dedicated. Even at county level, we've been blessed with with good PROs at at me county level. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. When you think of Martin O'Halloran, and, you know, Martin has brought the, the... PR department to another level in Mead and, and Kieran Flynn is carrying yeah, see, that Karen, on now Karen as well you know it's Martin doing a great, great job, job and, yeah. but, doing a good job too but we just need to come on ladies we need we need to sort this out camogie and football and it's not just about your county teams either your club teams need to get more information we are your paper of record in 20 30 40 50 years time when you're looking back and wondering you know who was on the Mead camogie team that played West Mead in the first round of the Leinster Championship you won't find it anywhere. I guarantee you, you won't find it on Facebook or Twitter in 20 or 30 years' time. We're your paper record. You need to get the information into us. Before we go as well, speaking of, of men of records, I also want to mention a uh, huge congratulations to John Quirk, yes, who indeed. picked up the Mead GA or sorry, the National GAA McNamee Award, Award a Hall yeah, of Fame Hall Award. Of fame. Yeah, so, yeah. Brilliant, uh, John. Great. Well yeah, done. John is a superb photographer, as we all know. All you have to do is look through the pages in Mead Chronicle any week and John's photographs grace those pages and a uh, hell of a nice man a pure gentleman an absolute pleasure to work with and uh, it's not before time that John gets a lot some deserved recognition for his yeah, like outstanding echo work those views because uh, I know John well for many years and yeah. Uh, yeah. very uh, dedicated photographer brilliant and, and the, certainly the award was very fitting yeah okay Jimmy thanks a million I'm Fergal Lynch and we've been trying to talk a good game